Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we share the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. In the first two episodes, we've covered some of an overview of these pillars that we have, these tactical, practical, and spiritual pillars. The first one was tactical, where we got into taxes, investments, risk management, um, estate planning, and insurance giving. And we, we looked at some of those strategies. And the second episode, those practical ones, we looked at the some of the individual matters, the marital matter, matters, and the generational matters um, behind wealth. And now in episode three, we're getting to the spiritual components of this. I've, I've mentioned before that I think that's actually backwards. I think the spiritual side of this is actually the most important, but just with everything going on around the idea of, of um, bringing money and spirituality together, figured it's worth taking the time to build up a little credibility first. So uh, full disclaimer on, on this episode, as well as any other, the, the advice that we're talking about here, uh, while some people may be licensed, um, whether guest or other or myself, you know, we have licenses for this, but none of this is meant to be financial advice to your specific situation. It's meant to be something that's educational for you that you can take and um, consult with your own tax or professional team and decided how these matters may apply or don't apply to you. This one being the spiritual side of this may actually apply a little bit more to everyone. Um, but anyway, that that disclaimer needs to be kind of thrown out there every time. Uh, second disclaimer, as we get into the spiritual side of this, you will likely find that uh, by today's standards, I am a fanatic. Um, I, I, I don't think that, that I don't mean that in any in any boastful way whatsoever. Uh, I think according to the Bible standards, I would be at best considered a, a, a lost sinner who just needs grace and a lot of it. Um, but some of the stuff you're going to hear today may be a little bit more um, direct and a little bit uh, a little bit stronger than what you would be used to hearing maybe in, in a mainstream church. So um, as, you, as you look at what's happened in finances, it, it really seems like we have tried to dismantle God um, from any view of, of finances in, in, in the culture. Um, you have, when you have these things as, as the heavy topic in, in the um, spiritual side of finances, the prosperity teachers, and the prosperity teachers are, uh, they're criticized for a number of things. Um, you know, there's hypocrites and there's, there's other components of this, but a big thing is they're focusing so much on money and not on Jesus. And so, um, with that, there's a you know rightful attack in, on a lot of them for the way that they they preach uh, so much about money. They're you know called these prosperity the prosperity gospel. Um, I want to draw attention to that that you know you could apply a similar attack to evangelists because Jesus didn't say go and create converts. He said go and create disciples. Um, so just want to say like you know but you can't only have disciple makers out there. It takes evangelists too. So. It takes evangelists, it takes disciple makers, and it also takes people who teach on money. So whether it is preachers you know, who are preaching on that or financial advisors who are looking at this from a spiritual aspect, important that we allow God into, into our thinking as we start talking about our pocketbooks. So just want to maybe encourage you not to shut, shut off uh, as soon as you hear someone from, 
from the uh, spiritual pastoral side, start talking about money. Um, there's a there's certainly for, for those pastors, there is a fear of fear of others to discuss money just because um, of, of the fallout that typically comes from that. But it wasn't the case in the Bible. Uh, I think so. Howard Dayton uh, counted up that said there was 2,350 verses about money in the Bible, money or assets. And so, you know, obviously Jesus focused, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, focused so much on money. And so, you know, why? Why do you focus so much on money? Why did Jesus um, put such an emphasis on the poor? Uh, you know, all throughout the New Testament, you know, the other uh, authors of the letters in the rest of the New Testament also put a huge emphasis on the poor. And so it's important that as we look at that, we look at figuring out how do we get right with money? How do we get get healthy with money? And you know, what impact does that actually have on us getting healthy with Jesus? So the, the very famous uh, place to start with this is the Sermon on the Mount. When you look at the Sermon on the Mount, this is you know, found in Matthew, um, early Matthew. I'm going to be focusing mostly in Matthew 6 here. Um, but this is where Jesus unpacks a lot of a lot of key things, but a lot of it has to do with money. And so he gets into this whole idea of the spirit of mammon. And so you know, it's where he says that you cannot serve um, the spirit of mammon. You can't serve God and money because you'll either love the one and hate the other or you know, hate the one and then love the other. And you, and Jesus just makes this point that you can't serve God and money. And so when you look at where all of your focus is, where is your treasure? Most people uh, in the United States, especially a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast, might be a little bit more convicted if they really put themselves under a bit of a microscope to understand how much emphasis do they put on money compared to seeking Jesus. Um, and so with that, that's something that really needs to to kind of be that first layer of, of understanding where we're at with this is how, how much emphasis are you putting on money? And although most people wouldn't consider money to be an idol, you know, when we look at the old Testament, we see the scripture, you know, love, you know, you're not supposed to have any idols. Um, we'll just, we'll just say that if you're not supposed to have any idols, um, what, what was an idol? And so if you don't have wood carvings of, of, you know, cows that you bow down to every day, you kind of think that you're checking the box there, but how many of us kind of bow down to the almighty dollar in, in so many ways? And if you if you take a good, honest look at yourself, it, it, it's something I would encourage all of us to do, and not just once, but on a regular basis to understand um, how much do we actually put money on a pedestal and idolize money? Um, and, 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 you know, just when you figure that out, you start to reassess the ways that we're going about uh, other decisions that we're making. So, he, Jesus then goes on to say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. And these other things he's talking about are these material things that we often strive for. Nothing wrong with striving for those, but the whole emphasis needs to be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So again, having the proper priorities, having having money fit in the right priority slot um, changes everything in terms of your your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with money, because if, if God's not on the throne there, then and if, if money's on the throne, then God can't be. And so that's a, it's a really important thing with this. When you when you look at um, what what people often discuss is some of their their issues that they're trying to work through. Um, you, you get people who say, you know, I'm I'm dealing with anger. Um, some people may get honest and say, I'm dealing with lust. Um, you know, there's a major, major worldwide catastrophe going on with porn, and so you usually hear people talk about those things. Um, but rarely ever will you hear people talk about um, 
the rich young ruler. And you'll talk about this, um, about where they're at with money or the rich fool. So two different parables that Jesus uses to to go over uh, people who have money placed too high priority in their lives and, and the impact that that has on them. And so in the United States today, which is the wealthiest country um, in the wealthiest period on earth, you have this extreme wealth compared to other spots of the world, yet hardly anyone will ever say, you know, I'm feeling really convicted because I, you know, I, I have too many assets. Um, that, that's just not something we focus on. And the rich young ruler would have been like, he's a landowner. And, and if you go, you go back and you look at um, ancient Isra- Israel and you look at the culture there um, to understand what it would have taken for him to be there, the, the idea that this guy has these assets and how he came about them may or may not be in question, but, but the fact is where most of us stand today, the most people who are listening to this podcast would probably qualify in a very similar spot as a rich young ruler. And Jesus didn't say you need to sell all of it um, for the sake of, you know, to give to him. The whole purpose was to come follow him. He wanted you to leave the assets behind and come follow him, put him first in your life. And so that was, that was the issue for the rich young ruler. Um, you know, we talk about the, you know, you may have heard of the scripture of the eye of the needle. And so he says it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. Um, than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And th- there's other people who try to explain this away that, you know, the eye of a needle was this spot in, in the in the city wall that you could walk through, uh, but it was real short and tough for a camel to fit through. Uh, that's not where Jesus is going with this. He is talking about the spiritual side of this that is so hard for a person with extreme wealth. And again, extreme wealth, you know, is relative. You may not think you're very wealthy uh, compared to other people, but when you look at the per- you know, where you stand on a percentage basis for the world. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a pretty good chance that you're in the top 1% and maybe even to a, a higher degree than that. So from that standpoint, you know, a lot of that would fit into that, you know, the people who have, you know, this extreme wealth that Jesus is talking about there. If you have that extreme wealth, how hard is it for you to enter the kingdom of God? Because it's so easy to place your trust in the riches and not in Jesus. Um, just, you know, just kind of talking about the, the, the disparity between what we live in in America and what the rest of the world looks at. Um, I, I was looking at budgets, so there are four different pastors who, uh, or orphanages who have uh, sent over budgets for what they're what they're doing and how they're using the money, um, what they need to continue their ministries going in Africa, and. Uh, the, all four of these were under $1,500 a month to operate this entire organization, whether they're managing 30 children in an orphanage or, you know, pastoring and planting, you know, multiple churches a month. This, um, you know, $1,500 for each of those organizations handles everything that they need. Whereas, you know, inside America, we, a lot of people blow $1,500 quite easily without even thinking about it. And so, so just that standpoint of just constantly being willing to put everything into perspective will also be a great help to us. In an earlier episode, I had made mention of the uh, Kingdom Advisors Conference that I was recently at, and the speaker brought up this question of how much is enough, and we're talking about retirement savings and how much is enough for someone to, to decide they have enough to live off of. And the answer that he came up with was, Jesus, how much is enough? Jesus. And it just brings back this whole thing of when you're trusting in money, it, it, it really leads to a life of fear and anxiety because the more assets you have, the tougher it is to manage them. The tougher it is, the, there are more outside risks that you have to uh, factor into this. As a financial advisor to very wealthy 
um, clients, the risks don't go away as you have more wealth. The risks actually increase quite a bit. And so from that standpoint, the just this whole concept of of putting the trust in money and trying to engineer out all of the uh, what if scenarios is, is not where we should where our trust should lie. And so, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount as well, Jesus Jesus brings out two different options of the lilies and the and the birds. Can say consider them and see, you know, how they toil not or how they work not. But yet, God the Father always takes care of them. And so, this concept of of when we look at uh, the idea of of what our role is in this in this aspect of of money and spirituality, our our role is to trust Jesus. Our role is to seek God first and let Him handle the finances. And when you let him handle the finances, that may mean calling you into uncomfortable spots. Now, I'll get to a story here in a second, but but he has this, uh, Paul uses this scripture of to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so when you look at li- to live as Christ, it, it may call you into a, a spot of saying that you don't need to care about money. You don't need to care about status. You don't need to care about other people's opinions of you. That You just need to focus on what Jesus is asking you to do, where the Holy Spirit's leading you regardless of, of what that may mean. And when you're willing to lay it down, willing to follow him wherever he leads you to, that's what he wants. He wants our hearts in this matter. That was the problem with the rich young ruler. He wasn't willing to lay it down. His heart was stuck with his money, not with following Jesus. You know, for, for myself, I had a I had a great career. I had a great career in, in the construction industry and thought that was where I would be for the rest of my life. I loved every bit of it. And as I got promoted and was looking at the uh, an even larger promotion, I all of a sudden had this uh, moment where I felt like the Lord was leading me elsewhere and calling me into this career of financial planning, which was literally the last thing I'd have thought I'd ever do or ever would want to do. And as the signs pointed this way and I was contemplating making that leap, there was this reality, like this is a career that's very tough to survive and it's got a very high failure rate um, a lot of the people who are in this career, you know, are often there's a lot of wolves in the in the industry. There uh, is typically, you know, there's a kind of a negative stigma with any financial planner, and honestly, for good reason. I will absolutely back that up. Um, although there are plenty of good ones, there's also good reason for a lot of the negativity around the career, and it wasn't something I was excited about uh, at all. And as we looked at this, it's it's typically a career that you normally don't make very much money in whatsoever the first three to five years. And we had a, I had a brand new daughter. Um, we had you know a fairly nice home that we had built with a big mortgage. And so I was looking at taking a big leap of faith into a career that you know I'm going to go from making great money to making no money. And as we looked at that, we we really assessed if we miss God by a mile, like, or 10 miles. If we, we just miss him completely and everything that we are trying to, uh, trying to focus on, um, and accomplish in our lives, you know, financially falls apart. We lose the house that we built. We lose the assets that we have saved up inside our IRAs, 401ks, our savings account. Uh, we burn through any, any help that a family member or friend would have given us. And then we go through the, uh, we go through the, uh, local homeless shelters, and we wear out our welcome there. And myself, my wife, my daughter at that time, we all die under a bridge due to starvation because we missed God completely and everything He was trying to bless us with so clearly. In in the where because where I was at, the grass was green. 
but I felt like he was calling me elsewhere. And so if we miss God completely with this and we just burned through everything and, and failed so miserably that literally my, you know, it's one thing to talk about my own life, but another thing to talk about the life of my, my precious little daughter or my wife and say that I caused them to die under a bridge due to starvation. If we believe what we say we believe, then the reality is, you know, we get to the party early. So, you know, if, if we're going to go to heaven and we get there and God says, you know what, you completely blew it, but yeah, at least you tried. Come on in. Like it's a, it's a risk we're willing to take when we say to live as Christ and to die as gain. I'm willing to put it on the line to do where I think he's leading me to go, not to not to play it safe, not to stay in control, but to follow where he is leading. And so, you know, there's this whole concept of for where your treasure is there will your heart be also. The treasure here on earth does not last. And Jesus talks about this. He talks about, you know, to store up treasure in heaven where, you know, moth and rust don't corrupt, where thieves can't break in and steal it. And so when you look at where is your treasure, where is your heart, where where is your your emphasis, those are the things that we want to dig into on this podcast. We're going to have pastors come on, we're going to have other people come on and really kind of help us work on these matters of the heart. But also go into what what does the Bible say? And I, I often do this with people as I say, what if the Bible's true? And, you know, it takes faith. Absolutely. But let's just play the game of what if the Bible is actually true? And let's look at some of the scriptures that are behind there. The, you know, you've got this whole concept of the, you know, in Mark 4, where he talks about the 30, 60, 100 fold um, type return. And, you know, in the financial advising career, we really can't ever say the word guarantee. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, I feel fairly confident saying that the, the heavenly instruments that are used probably come with 100% guarantees. And so when you look at, all of the scriptures that are in the Bible about money, we're going to dig into those and we're going to we're going to try to unpack those to help you apply those to your life to just kind of let your faith build with this and saying, what what if the Bible is true? Um, with all of this, I realize that I, I am trying to talk primarily to stewards. And so just understand that there is a there is a track that you you go on on your progression in your in your in your faith. And and we're all at different phases of that. Um, I certainly didn't didn't just step into this. I have had a, a, a plenty of growth myself, and I'm sure over the time we'll, we'll get to get into that more. But like, if, if Jesus isn't actually your Lord, like, so we often, you know, a lot of people talk about Jesus, my Savior, but to Lord, you know, to have Him as your Lord means you're following what He tells you to do. If Jesus isn't actually your Lord, stewardship may not be the case. So you might not be there. And what I do is that, you know, this podcast can still be for you, but I would just encourage you to take some of these things that we're talking about. And if they seem too extreme, or it's just stuff you don't understand, just don't say no, just say not yet. And just set it off to the side, you know, kind of off in this parking lot here. So if any of these concepts seem too, too far out there, just go with that. Don't say no, just say not yet. Um, but when you look at what is a steward, you know, a steward is someone who manages someone else's assets. And so this is what, this is where we're at financially. That when we, our life, everything we have is from God, everything, our ability to earn the income, our ability to, um, to, to have everything that we have is from God. And so when we see that, we see our, our role as a steward of God's assets. Our job is to manage what he's given us. This is our, our time, talent, and treasure. And we're supposed to be a good steward of all of these gifts. Um, and when you are, it changes, it changes the way you spend money. It changes the way you pray. It changes the way you live. It changes the way you give. Uh, we're going to get into the tithe and, you know, the tithe is just full of so much blessing that is often overlooked. And, uh, you know, I often tell clients that 10 minus one is a whole lot more than 10 for every single client that I've ever dealt with. 
Um, every person I've ever heard their stories behind, behind tithing, 10 minus one is worth so much more. And so you know, we're going to get into the tithe, we'll unpack that and help you understand, you know, it's no longer required. This was part of the Old Testament. When you look at the different types of laws in the Old Testament, um, this would be one of those that I would say is, is no longer required, um, but it still doesn't mean it's not a phenomenal practice um, to, to do. But it's really important as you, as you do your giving and wh- whatever that is, that, uh, that you do it with a cheerful heart. God loves a cheerful giver. Second Corinthians 9, 7 goes, goes into that of just, of just the importance of, of the heart behind it. And, and actually, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 3 does that as well. It's talking about without love, you know, anything you give profits you nothing. So you can give your whole life. You can give everything you have, including your life. And without love, it literally profits you nothing. So the emphasis needs to be not the rule of the tithe and of 10%, or when you start adding up all the other gifts inside the Old Testament, it was a lot more than 10% when you do the tithe and the offerings. And so we'll break that down to help you understand just what was required of, of the uh, ancient Israelis before. But now, you know, really, what is where does that leave us today? And what, what should we be doing? Is it net? Is it gross? Um, you know, let's talk about before and after taxes. Let's look at um, let's look at what do we do if we have a small business and should we tithe off of that? But at the same time, the most important thing is the heart. God wants your heart. He looks, you know, Jesus has the parable or the time when he's looking, he says, he sees a wealthy man come and pour money into the treasury. And it, it's it's a lot, uh, but it's not a lot compared to his overall net worth. And the the woman comes in and gives her last two mites. And so when you, when you understand that, he said, surely she gave significantly more. Jesus cares about the heart, not about the gift. And so really important that we have that understanding. But then once we do, we can unpack that a little bit to try to figure out where does that leave you? What, what would it look like for you to, to be a good steward? Um, cause at the old, the, the goal of this is, you know, the whole premise behind wealth well done is to, at the end of the day, when you, when you are finally face to face with your maker, that he, you know, says to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so a big piece of that is going to be how you handle your finances. And if you're, if this podcast is of interest to you, then finances are probably of interest to you. And so from that standpoint, if you have the ability to make a lot of money and, and you have the ability to make a lot of money, it's not, it's not something that is required to be a good Christian. It's not, and so we're not going to get into those things. But if that is a focus of yours, what we want to do is we want to help you unpack more of what the Bible has to say about money. That way you can use money again as an enhancement to your life not as something that controls your life, not as something that that you idolize or put on a pedestal, but just something that enhances your life to help you become a better steward, a better um, recipient of, of the wealth that you've been given and the, the ability to create wealth. So that way you can use it to, to be a blessing to other people and absolutely enjoy for yourself too. So nothing wrong with, with having, having nice things or taking nice vacations, enjoying, you know, great, meals or vacation, like those things are all wonderful, especially when they're put through the viewpoint of, you know, the lens of, I I hope they help me to experience God a little bit more, experience the beauty of nature. So those things are good. What we want to do is is help you um, have a balance of that with also with the giving and and serving the poor like Jesus commanded us to do. So that's it for this overview. Um, And, you know, thank you for enduring the monologues of of these first three as we've gone through kind of a a high-level overview of these these things on the tactical, practical, and spiritual sides of wealth. Next episode, we're going to get the interview started um, with my business partner, Isaac Bennett. We'll be looking at how you can take a different approach to investing. Um, And just remember, 
the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Um, so I just hope that you can seek to understand how the Holy Spirit is calling you uh, to do your wealth. Well done. See you next week. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Well,